Welcome to the Elijah Fire Podcast, where we jump into issues of today with faith and freedom instead of fear. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Elijah Fire episode 66. I'm your host, Jeff Tharp. Uh, guys, I'm like really stoked about today's episode. Uh, my guest today, we've had her on the show before, uh, way back in the day last year. Uh, but she's a gifted author and speaker. She's a missionary. She's also a revivalist. And she is the director of Saturate Global. Let's give it up for my guest today, Jesse Green. Hey. <laughs> hey. That's the most epic intro ever. I know. It just like, it really gets you in the zone. It's like, totally. <laughs> I'm ready to go. I'm fully loaded, fully loaded. Yeah. Here so, we are. <laughs> yep. Yep. Okay. So, Jesse, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Good to see you, Jeff. Yeah. So for just as a random little sidestep, for those that don't quite know what a revivalist is, what is a revivalist, Jesse? That's such a good question. And actually one of my favorite questions, because there are so many self-proclaimed revivalists. Mm -hmm. And my whole thing is if you're a revivalist, usually you can tell by the evidence of your life. Mm. Um, So usually you're igniting revival somewhere. So we host tent revivals right now, actually every Friday. Um, And basically we go out, we do street evangelism. We send out evangelism teams to go out in every single neighborhood we can find. And then we invite people to come hear the gospel. We prophesy over people. We go for healings, miracles, preach the gospel, baptize people and call people into repentance. And then a revivalist, when they do that, lots of people get saved, people get healed. Um, I I always say the fruit of revival is there's this like cutting of the heart where people Mm. are literally just screaming out to God, like, what must I do? Like, I need to get saved, Mm. like you see in the beginning of Acts. And so um, we're in revival right now. We're seeing little like sparks opening all over the nation. And basically, it's just a wild, crazy party of the Holy Spirit just blowing people's minds. <laughs> come on, come on. Well, and it's, I was talking to a friend the other day who's a little bit more, you know, looking at negative things. He's kind of saturated in the news. And he's just like, this world is going to, oh, this world, oh. And I'm like, bro, like, what? Let me tell you, I got good news for you, man. Like, yeah, let me so tell good. you what the Lord is doing. Um, and you, you and your people definitely testify to that. Like what God is doing is so much bigger than anything the enemy is planning. Um, you know, even, even when last time when you were on the show, you were talking about how God, uh, what God did, even in the midst of, you know, restrictions in California and all that stuff. So God has something else to say than what the world and what Satan is trying to say. So, yeah, very much so. And I actually feel like if there's people watching right now and it feels like things are not going how maybe you planned, or it Mm -hmm. feels like the enemy is just messing with you a lot. We actually have a saying on our team and the saying is that the lies are clues. Mm, and it's actually good. really important to pay attention to ways that maybe the enemy is attacking you or things you're even seeing in culture. Um, cause a lot of times those things can actually be evidence of what God's actually really doing. Oh, that's so good. And so we don't react and respond to things 
um, obviously from a worldly perspective, we get the kingdom perspective on mm. it. And so like all the time we'll see, like the enemy will do all this crazy stuff. And then I'm like, wow, there must be a huge move of God happening. If it seems like everything's dark, if everything's crazy, oh, because man, we obviously know we have victory. So, um, I've been talking to so many people, right? Like, I feel like in the last few months where they feel like they're in this swirl of chaos. And I just think in a weird way, that's the most exciting thing because it really does mean them like God's tapping you in and he's probably anointing you for this season. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. And so if you can just push past that like enemy threshold, mm. you actually can see so much victory, but you just got to like push past it. So it, it just encourages me literally when I look at the news, cause I'm like, oh man, this is just gonna be the greatest showdown ever. <laughs> oh, for real. Like the enemy doesn't stand a chance. It's no, like I'm yeah. like, is are we in that like Elijah moment where yeah. it's like, you know, it just seems like everyone is saying one thing and then the man of God comes down and calls down fire. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think even that the lies are clues, even just saying that brought some serious like the Lord brought some serious breakthrough to some people right now. Like that were so that's that's huge like i just really felt that when you said that i was like man like that's that that was huge for some people watching this so um so good okay so speaking of moves of god and all of that good stuff back in october of 2020 you had a pretty like crazy vision was it it was a vision right not a dream or was it a dream yeah it wasn't a vision i wish it was a dream um it probably would have been less intense <laughs> but <laughs> Um, yeah, it was a vision and we, we had done, just done these beach revivals for six weeks, um, in Southern California, mm -hmm. we were out on the beach. We baptized a few thousand people. Um, it was, it was crazy. And, um, God told God told us to stop doing it for a few weeks and kind of recalibrate. And during that time, I was just praying and fasting and seeking God for next steps. Yeah. And uh, honestly, it was pretty random, which I feel like sometimes with God things, it is like that. Mm -hmm. But um, it was just an ordinary night and I went to sleep and I woke up at three o'clock in the morning, like jolted, like it felt like like there was literally electricity going through my body and i just like stood up out of my bed and i grabbed my phone and i just saw a vision of this giant wave like it did look like a tsunami type wave and it crashed into california and it just swept through america like like as it crashed in, it just quickly swept through. And the thing that caught me off guard was how quickly it moved. Mm. And then it drew back and I was like, okay, like that was pretty intense. And I heard the Lord say that that first wave was the separating of the wheat and the tares. Mm. And then the Lord said, you're in that wave right now. Mm. And I was a little bit like thrown off because I was like, oh, okay, like I don't. And a lot of times when you're seeing visions, you don't really know what you're seeing. So you just have to right. kind of write it down yeah, and test yeah. it and process Let it, it later. So, to you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so I was just like writing down what I was yeah. seeing as quickly as I could. And I was like, I'll figure this all out later. Mm -hmm. But 
And then he said that that first wave, we would see this rise of the remnant. And I feel like in the last two years, we've seen a lot of words about this remnant. Um, but that was one of the first times I ever heard it. I even had to like look up what a remnant was. Like I wasn't used to that language. Mm -hmm. And he basically was saying that there would be this shaking that would happen. And that separation of the wheat and tares would start to actually identify who the true and false people were in the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. And he was like, that's happening right now. And I was, this is 2020. And yeah. so I was like, okay, that, that feels intense. And then all of a sudden the wave drew back and then that wave then joined in into this second wave and the second wave crashed in with even more force. Mm. And it was like the momentum of the first wave then gave power to the second wave. Yeah. So they were all connected and the Lord was kind of showing me that with these like series of waves, um, it wasn't like one would happen and then the next would happen, but it was almost like each one would then be absorbed into the next to like a greater measure. Yeah, if that makes good. sense. Yep. And they, yeah. Um, so then the second wave, um, and I'll kind of bullet point these and then we can talk about whatever, but the second wave, um, was the resurrection of the unborn, mm. which is very intense language. <laughs> so um, I was right. like, what does that mean? And repentance from Moloch and rise of Esther's. And I heard the Lord say, the Esther's are women who are afraid to speak, who have had abortions. Mm. And I just jotted it down. And then the third wave, um, that, that first and second wave then went back into this third wave. And the third wave was deliverance and witchcraft and there was going to be a prophetic showdown which is so crazy jeff that you're doing this deliverance training and teaching right. because yeah. I, I believe you're you're right on and people mm. need to be equipped in deliverance yeah. Yeah. on how to actually cast out demons and mm -hmm. not just inner healing stuff but yep. actually go to war there and so <clears throat> um that third wave, there was like basically this war between deliverance and witchcraft. Um, and then in the fourth wave, there was this wave of national repentance. So then um, after this prophetic showdown, there was this fourth wave. And this one actually, um, I'll say this is the one where I felt like the fear of the Lord on it. The other ones were kind of exciting. Yeah. Um, the fourth one kind of like freaked me out a little bit because of the level of intensity mm -hmm. and it was a national repentance. Um, and I heard the Lord say hidden sins exposed nationally and in churches. And the mm -hmm. word I heard was repent while you can. Mm. And it yeah. wasn't just for the church. It was a national thing that was going to happen. Mm. Um, I actually believed that that third wave, the deliverance and witchcraft showdown was actually giving an opportunity for people to start to fear the Lord wow. that would bring them to repentance before this national repentance wave of exposure mm -hmm. um, pretty much happened. And then the fifth wave, it's it just, it, it feels like it gets more and more intense. I can like feel it right now. Oh yeah, it's um, heavy. Yeah, it's yeah. a lot. Yeah. The fifth wave was a cleaning up of house. So false prophets being exposed and mm. the Lord getting the house in order. So 
I felt like the Lord was going to deal with America on a national level, but then he was going to take things a step higher into this false prophet exposure. And this one like just felt really heavy too, because I just felt like, um, again, that like repent while you can. So this would be people that didn't choose to repent. And basically God was just going to bring everything into the light. So then the Lord was going to actually bring this cleaning up of the house. Um, and then that wave then went into the sixth wave. And I'm like, okay, this already feels like a lot. Yeah. And it just was like, this is more and more and more. And so the sixth wave was a tearing down, exposing all idols mm -hmm. in America specifically. So I kept asking the Lord, like, is this a word for the nations? And he was like, no, I'm dealing with Amer America specifically. Mm. Um, and then what was so weird was in that sixth wave, as it went up and like started to crash down, there was fire on the wave. Wow. And as it went into the nation, the, the wave was actually on fire. And as it like swept through, it like, wasn't just this like water purification thing. It was like, then this great fire went through the nation and, um, it was like the best way I could describe it is almost like a refiner's fire going mm -hmm. through our country. Um, but it was, it was kind of burning up everything that wasn't meant to last. Mm. And, and then the last wave was the recognition of Jesus as Lord, one nation under God. Mm. And basically I saw the Lord just drawing a line in the sand across the country and he was saying, after the seventh wave, you will either be for me or against me, but there will be no longer like anyone in the middle. Wow. And so um, I, I just believe that um, I kept asking God, like, okay, when is this going to take place? And what kind of freaks me out is, so Jeff, I saw this vision October, 2020, and the Lord said to me that this whole vision, the seven waves would happen over a 10 year span, mm. which actually isn't that long of time. No, in, it's not. <laughs> for like all of this to happen, Ooh, right? No, yeah. And and what's crazy is I kept asking the Lord, like, is it in this order or is it just there's seven waves? And the Lord was like, no, it's in that order mm. so that you actually can tell people that this is what's happening. And when they start to see these things happening, they know what's about to happen. Mm -hmm. He's like, I'm giving foresight to my, my body so that they're not freaked out when it happens. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, so I'll be totally blunt with you, Jeff. Yeah, please. So wave one, we obviously started to see, right? There's been so much exposure happening. The mm -hmm. wheat and the tares, we've seen just so much shaking happening in the body yep. of Christ, right? And mm -hmm. um, I was like, okay, yeah, we're definitely in that. And I feel like we could be in that for, for years and years and years. But the wave two, like I didn't go super public on this word and I didn't really share it with like any of our media relationships or anything. I just put it on my blog and I like literally wrote like a half paragraph in my book about it and just was like, I'm not really going to go deep into it because I'll be honest, it was so clear, but I was like, a lot's going to have to happen like for this to go down. And uh, 
I was like, I'll put it out there and be faithful with it, but I wasn't pushing it. And I was like, the second wave, the resurrection of the unborn, what I was seeing with that, I was like, I just don't know if that's like really going to happen where there's going to be an end to what we're seeing in regards to abortion in America. And so I just kind of was like, I guess when, for me, I was like, when I see that start to happen or I hear the Lord say like something else about it, then I'll kind of pick it back up again. Sure. Yeah. So I kind of just like released it and let it go and have been doing revival stuff. Um, and then ironically, it's so weird how God does stuff, but um, mid-April, I was at a women's conference and the women's conference was called Esther's Rising. Oh, wow. Okay. And uh, I didn't even like think anything of it, to be honest. Mm -hmm. And it says in here, like the rise of Esther's is part of the second wave. Mm -hmm. And I had had this dream a few weeks after the vision of um, Jane Hammond was in the dream and she was working with the Esther's and all this Mm -hmm. stuff. But long story short, um, there was just like this convergence of different prophetic words and different visions that kind of happened at this Esther rising movement. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, like I just freaked out and I was like, Oh my goodness, this is happening. Like this is happening. And then we did an altar call for women that had had abortions to repent and something broke out we ended up baptizing 80 women come on like spontaneously and there was massive deliverance happening like we were pulling people out of the baptismal because they were throwing up and just getting delivered and like repenting of stuff that they've never told anyone and there was just like suicidal thoughts being broken um because people don't realize like when you have an abortion you're partnering with the spirit of death and Mm -hmm that stuff comes over you and we don't realize the ramifications of these things sometimes. And all of a sudden the Lord was like, that second wave begins now. And I was like, what? Yeah. Oh my goodness. (laughs) What's crazy is when I, when I was reading through these points before the show, um, that point two, resurrection of the unborn and repentance from Moloch rise of the esters. Um, and that these are women that have had abortions is a friend of mine um, is she actually this year had started earlier this year had started a um, kind of a offshoot of her ministry where she interviews women who are uh, post-abortive, like women who've, who've had abortions, you know, it could have been 20 years ago, 30 years ago, it could have been a couple of days ago um, that are, and it's been this really healing process for them of, wow. of you know, um, really getting a lot of deliverance through this process. P- women that are spirit-filled Christians, you know, but oh, yeah. it's maybe yeah. an area that they've kept hidden. Um, and it's been really, really powerful. And so it's amazing to see there's been a lot of talk about this. I've seen from people, from you, from my friend Krista, um, you know, others as well. It's starting to really, really heat up to give credit to this vision you had. Uh, yeah. 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 It's so interesting because, um, so this was mid April when I heard that we're in the second wave and I called up one of my friends and I was like, I was like, okay, so this is so weird. I was like, remember that vision? And I was like, I feel like it's like coming at me. And I was like, I actually feel like I need to take some time to actually 
like process through the whole thing. And I still am, I'm working with a bunch of our mentors and spiritual advisors to mm -hmm. really process each wave and mm -hmm. what they actually mean. Cause I yeah. really just jotted it down. Um, Help Elijah Fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. Visit ElijahFire.com slash donate and become a partner today. But what's so crazy is so um, with that second wave specifically, I, I feel like, Jeff, there's a real urgency um, right now. And I am going to really if you're a woman that um, has had an abortion uh, I really do believe that God is raising you up right now. And I'm not talking about like in the next 10 years, I'm talking about like right this second today. And if you know a woman that has had an abortion, I'm urging you to like, please share this with them. Um, because I, it's so funny. I, so I was just at Jim Baker this last Wednesday mm -hmm. and shared this vision and I basically just shared that I believe that these Esters, the whole thing that's going on with Roe v. Wade, um, the, the women in the church body, so I'm talking about born again believers, you call yourself a Christian and you've had an abortion. I believe that you are God's secret weapon in this fight. And the enemy has, again, that the lies are clues. He has done a mighty huge work trying to keep your mouth silent about it. And there's so much shame and fear. And like, if you've repented and asked God to forgive you, you you're forgiven. Mm -hmm. And I think that so many women that I speak to, um, they'll come up during an altar call, they'll get deliverance. Um, but they're still like, I'm never going to tell anyone or please don't tell anyone this would ruin me. Right. Mm -hmm. That's the thing they believe. I believed it for years. I had had multiple abortions before I was a Christian. And I believe that if people ever knew that I would, I could never be in ministry. Yeah. And that's the lie. And so as I'm sharing this on Wednesday, Jim Baker's wife, Lori shares on TV that she had had five abortions um, wow. previously and she had repented and that the Lord had been speaking to her about doing like something for women to actually get a voice back and to actually Amazing. start speaking up against these things. So it's just crazy how the Lord literally is starting to tap on oh, people. And I'm like, okay, this is going to be maybe controversial, but <laughs> Like on TikTok and social media, there's just so much disgusting lying about what's happening in regards to like Planned Parenthood and the false things that they actually do for women. Um, I can tell you hundreds of stories of abuse um, that these organizations have done against women, myself included. Mm. And I just had so much shame that I was so afraid to speak up. But I believe that collectively, if women who have had abortions that have been set free through the blood of Jesus would actually allow their voices to be used to dismantle the lies that the enemy is like just saturating social media with and actually say, no, no, no. Like, here's the truth of the situation. Yeah. Um, I believe that we will start to see a lot of these things dismantled. But um, 
we we got to use this opportunity to rise up to start sharing our testimonies um and really start speaking on behalf of the unborn and i believe that that resurrection of the unborn is them getting their testimony and story out I think it's so good that's so good so where do um I mean, I really want to just like hang out here for a little while. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. Where, where do, um, where do men fit into this? Because I know so many, so many men who are absolutely against abortion. Yeah. How do we, how do men partner in this second wave? Like how, how, where's their place? Cause I want, I want, obviously women to will know their part, but I think it's important to not be like, Oh, well, I can sit this one out. Like this isn't an excuse <laughs> totally. for anybody to sit this out. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So my, my husband is like a guy's guy. He grew up in a Christian home was very anti-abortion, mm -hmm. very pro-life his whole life. Yeah. And when I shared with him my story and my background, um, I, again, I think it's like this, it's part of the first wave, the separation of the wheat from the tares, right? Mm -hmm. And so I believe that we across the nation are starting to see men rise up that are not afraid of being offensive. Mm -hmm. And they're not just bowing down to the culture of the day, but they're actually starting to say like, okay, A, not only am I going to defend women and actually speak up for the truth and what's right and what's wrong. But I actually do feel like we're going to see this rise of men that are actually, I know this is maybe controversial, but are actually like real men that have a backbone that are not afraid to say yeah. the truth yep. and are willing to stand in the fight. Mm. Um, because on the same side of things, right? You see this demonic, again, the lies are clues. You see this demonic pendulum swing of like men can be pregnant and uh, like all this weird like yeah. it's just so weird the culture is so weird right yeah, now it but it's to take away all of the authority the masculinity traditional families like are controversial right now mm -hmm. and so i believe like men fathering generations yeah, actually like i know this sounds weird but actually saying like listen um, if you decide to keep your baby, I'm going to help pay for a crib or like my husband and I, we know several women that decided to keep their baby after we've prayed with them. And we were like, you know what? We're going to pay the first six months of your baby's expenses. Mm. And I think families deciding to say, you know what? We're not going to wait for someone else to do it. We're going to step in the gap. And men and women saying like, you know, if you want to keep your baby, if you decide to keep your baby, we'll stand with you. We'll pray with you. We'll help support you financially. Then all of the garbage that's floating around about how we don't care about the babies after they come out of the womb. It's the largest amount of trash, literally trash. It's a lie. I mean, it really is a lie. Like It's like, yeah. I'm like, I've been to literally hundreds of churches that do so much for mm -hmm. families for children mm -hmm. that help foster care families i'm like if anyone is helping support traditional families it's the local church mm -hmm. and so um there's so many opportunities there and i i do think too um if you're a man and you're married to a woman that has previously maybe had an abortion um 
maybe even just, I know for my husband, I was so afraid to tell him. Mm. And when I did, I was actually during a deliverance session that the person taking me through deliverance was like, you need to tell your husband this. And I was like, no, like he's perfect. And I cannot like, (laughs) like this will like really mess up everything. (laughs) Like he's been in ministry his whole life. Were you guys married at the time? We were engaged. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We were engaged. And I was like, we're definitely not going to be engaged after this. Like, and I was so afraid. And, um, I, I, I just remember shaking and they were like, we have to call them in. And they said the best thing to me that I feel like is a word for people that are watching right now. The person doing the deliverance session said, you know, Jesse, um, I would hate for you to leave this session half free. And it just hit me and she was like, you actually get to decide in this moment how free you want to be. And I just remember thinking like, oh man, like I know I'm still like bound by things. I just am so afraid. But this thought went through my mind where I'm like, I rather like lose everything and just be free than to keep these secrets and still have a foothold for the enemy. And so they called Parker in and I was literally shaking Mm. and I closed my eyes. I couldn't even look at him. And when I told him what I had done and just cried and asked for forgiveness, Parker just knelt down and he just grabbed my hand and he started crying. And he just said, I'm so sorry that I wasn't there with you when this happened, because this never would have happened if Mm. I was there. And I just felt like literally the love of God, like Mm, come over me. And then the person doing the deliverance said, and that's what your father in heaven feels about you. Like if you would have invited him into the situation, this never would have even happened. Mm. And I just believe that there's so many people that are still giving a foothold to the enemy, whether it's through shame or fear or fear of consequences. And so he's still wreaking havoc on you when you're actually supposed to be wreaking havoc on him. And it's, I think men and women coming together unified about this thing, breaking off shame, speaking the truth. Like when you are having an abortion, you are committing murder and you do need to repent. But when you repent, God is free to forgive you and actually wants mm-hmm. to give you life in exchange. But you actually have to admit that you had done something wrong mm-hmm. to receive that forgiveness, you know. Mm. Now, besides the obvious Satan being evil and being dumb and doing Satan stuff. Um, right. Why? For somebody who's maybe found themselves here who is really angry right now, like really angry at the things you're saying, because oh, yeah. they That's fundamentally <laughs> dis yeah, disagree with I've been called all kinds of stuff too. Uh, <laughs> so um it, if there's someone or a couple of people who are really angry with you because they're saying, No, it is a it is it, you are you're what you're saying is anti-woman, what you're saying is anti um anti-healthcare uh this is this is a woman's right to choose like what would you say to them yeah i mean there's so much i would say (laughs) but um first and foremost 
like, I, and I'll just go for the throat. Like Planned Parenthood is not for women, mm. period. Um, when I went to my first appointment at 18 years old, totally afraid and freaked out um, and not following Jesus and to completely scared and went to go get birth control. They took a pregnancy test before they could give me birth control and told me I was pregnant. They gave me two options and my two options. So we talk about, they talk about pro-choice. Well, these were the choices that I was given. I could either have an abortion or give my baby up for adoption. So there was never any language whatsoever about the possibility of keeping a baby or any resources or anything available to me if I decided to keep the baby. So I just think one of the biggest issues at hand here is um, even the pro-choice movement is saying that they advocate for women, but that's not the truth. It's a business and it's a multi-million dollar business. And then the second thing too is when I actually had the abortion, it was one of the most traumatic situations of my entire life. Wow. Like I won't get into all the gruesome details, but they had women lined up like cattle and uh, they had us in robes standing next to each other in a line. Like I felt like I was in a prison camp and they did the surgery. They never showed me a sonogram. They never, there was, it was horrible. And then they propped us all up on metal folding chairs, just like bleeding out. And this is stuff you would never see on media. This would never be covered. I literally was like so drugged up that I fell flat forward on my face onto the concrete floor. And the nurses just like threw me back into the chair. And I can go on and on about some yeah. of the gruesome things I that happened. I think you should. I think you should. <laughs> I think you should. I mean, literally, it, it, it's it's crazy because in the natural, it's so disturbing what's happening. Like, and I wasn't a believer at the time, and yeah. I could feel how horrific this was. Mm. And then level it up, like they had me sitting in blood like bleeding out no one was caring for me there was no one hugging me and telling me i'm gonna be okay i'm bawling crying recognizing what just happened like it just hit me the decision that i made i'm hysterically crying and the nurse gets into my face as i'm bleeding out on a metal folding chair and she says you better get your act together because you're freaking out the other women here and i'm like when i see this stuff that like Oh, they're, they're here for the women. They love them. I'm like, that is the biggest load of garbage I've ever heard because it was one of the most demonic situations, most traumatic situations I've ever been in. And then you level up, right? No one called to see if I was okay afterwards. There was no follow-up, no aftercare. After that, I felt literally so much demonic oppression. I was afraid to be in my room at night. I literally saw demons in my room wow. and wanted to kill myself. Every day I would think about how to kill myself. And I didn't realize that I was being tormented by literally spirits of death and 
depression and anxiety and I started taking drugs and taking cocaine to go out partying every night because I was so afraid to be alone in my room. Mm -hmm. And I ended up getting saved and God radically rescued me and literally his presence showed up in my bedroom. And I, I, I never felt freedom like that before. And that's why I'm like so radical about my faith and preaching the gospel because I, I never, I would say, I'm like, gosh, if I knew that you could have a relationship with God, you could have access to God, that he is with you. Like I wouldn't have made all the crazy decisions I made in my past. And it's just so crazy, Jeff, because I've done deliverance on a few hundred women that have had abortions every single one of them and i don't care what they what you're seeing on social media i don't care people celebrating their abortions whatever they are under demonic oppression and i will say like suicidal thoughts and anxiety like come hand in hand mm-hmm. with abortion uh-huh. like there's no way that you can you there's no way you can participate in murdering an unborn child like that has life inside of you and then feel like the enemy is not going to come after you as well like the enemy we know this he comes to steal kill and destroy well he's not going to just try to come and steal kill and destroy your unborn child he's going to come and steal kill and destroy your life next Mm. and so Okay, I'm just going to go for it. I'm sorry. Please, this is like you have to. Like yeah. If you're a woman and you're pregnant right now and you're deciding or you know a friend that is wrestling with this right now, I am just going to urge you right now like go to my website, message me. I will find people that will come alongside you wherever you are. We know people in almost every city that are advocating for life that will stand with you but do not go through with having an abortion first of all it is not the best decision that you can make for your life it will actually bring you death and destruction and you will need healing you will need deliverance and there i i wish people had told me like there's literally an unborn child in your womb that needs protection and the most natural thing for women to do is to protect the unborn and so everything that the enemy is trying to do is make you go against what's actually the most natural thing for women is to care to nurture to protect and so if you participate this you're actually coming against everything that makes a woman a woman and so the most woman right thing you could do is to defend life is to protect those that have no voice and is to speak up and if you've had an abortion share your story like get on TikTok, get on facebook get on instagram speak about i know hundreds of women that have gone through similar situations of demonic trauma when they went through the abortion, it's time to let those stories out so that we can dismantle the lie that these organizations are for women because they absolutely are not. Mm. Wow. Yes. Amen. And then also just to add my, my encouragement to people is even if you're a guy, I would encourage you to go look up the actual science about what happens with a mother and their child 
on a on a cellular level um the bond that takes place like it's yeah. actual science it's not just a clump of cells it is this is actual science about what happens between a woman and her child when it's in the womb and the bond that takes place like and and what abortion is doing is tearing that and that's why like i've heard countless stories of of women who've had abortions who who talk about what you just talked about about the 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 tearing that kind of takes place inside of them and the anxiety and the uh like uh how it messes them up like it really messes them up um and that it's not just a thing so what was it about like that you know you went the first time and then like why do people go back at, after that i mean because it sounded like it was a really bad experience thanks for listening the elijah fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours to become a partner visit elijahfire.com slash donate yeah it was horrible and it's like i t- i preach about this a lot about like downward spirals of sin mm-hmm. um because i feel like it's like you can go from glory to glory right or you can go from like the depths of hell further into the depths of hell, right? Yeah. Like I would say like no 10 year olds, like I'm gonna grow up and be a human trafficker like <laughs> in Asia when I'm 30, you know what I mean? Right. Like yeah. it's this spiral of sin yeah. and sometimes you don't know how to break it and it's like, that's why you actually have to be violent about like the things you think about, what you do, what you're advocating for, um, what you're standing for because it actually affects your life mm-hmm. and Um, after I had had that abortion, I was dating this guy, I was going to college and basically he told me that, um, if I didn't have an abortion, I would be alone for the rest of my life. And I had a crazy spirit of rejection. I was always afraid of being alone. And so he literally said that my biggest fear was being alone forever. Hmm. And so he said he would stay with me if I had the abortion and went through with it. And so um, basically after that, I started taking cocaine because I was so tormented at night and started from that. That's when I started taking drugs. Um, and then from that point, I started going out to nightclubs every single night. Mm. Um, and I'm talking about seven days a week. I know people wow. like it's not an exaggeration, like seven nights yeah, a week went hard. Yeah. partying. Yeah. Till four or five o'clock in the morning. Um, getting as drunk and drugged up as I could to just pass out and fall asleep without having to think. Um, and so from that then just created this whole promiscuous lifestyle. I literally started sleeping around, um, so that I could sleep over someone's house and not have to go home and be by myself and be tormented in my bedroom. Mm. So, um, it's, it's so weird. Cause I'm like, I literally feel like I'm talking about a different person. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? It's like when God redeems, it's just so weird. Yeah, Cause I'm yeah, like, man. I feel like I'm telling a story from a movie, but I'm like, this mm-hmm. really, no, this was me. So weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so weird. Um, yeah. but, and so from that, then got, got pregnant again. And at that point had no value for myself, for life. Just at that point, like, I'll say like, I had no emotional reaction, um, to having an abortion because I was dead. And, um, it was one of those things where, um, I'll be honest, like I would pray and hope that I was going to die on the table. And, 
Um, I would like regularly think about like when I got pregnant about like just walking into traffic and hoping that I would get hit by a car. Mm. And so it's just like, it's such a swirl, the demonic oppression that happens. And it's like with any sin though. Um, and you get to this place where I, 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 I'm thankful because literally it got me to a point where my last option was to cry out to God mm -hmm. to save me. And when I got saved and when I experienced God's presence, um, it was, it was like too good to be true. Like I felt peace for the first time mm. in four years. Wow. And I just couldn't believe that God was so real and that he would actually forgive me. And I remember thinking like, oh, he could forgive me for so much, but surely like he can't forgive me for those things. Right. And I just remember praying and the Lord saying like, just come to me. Like I, I forgive you. I forgive you. And, um, I'll, it, it probably took me 10 years to actually receive wow. forgiveness for that. Um, and then to speak about it publicly was like a whole other journey, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, of just obeying God. Um, but it's, I feel like there's so many people it's, it's so hard. I actually can't even be on TikTok because when I see people in that downward spiral of death, it's so grieving to me, mm. um, that people are celebrating them, their destruction. And that's why I'm like, I'm so thankful that we're in revival. I'm so thankful for that vision of seven waves that are coming to this nation yeah. because honestly, Jeff, like I, I have three little kids now. Um, and they're like, truly like children are the greatest joy of a parent, right? It's like everything you could ever hope for is like in your children and this thing rises up in you to defend them. And uh, I'm just so thankful that God's giving our nation a chance to turn away from their wicked ways. And the uh, about two weeks after I heard from the Lord about us entering into the second wave is when all of the stuff broke out um, on the news about the Roe v. Wade um, stuff that was happening. And again, mm -hmm. just an enemy plan to try oh. to, stop that. Right. Yeah. And that's where I was like, no, okay, mm -hmm. no, we cannot allow the enemy to have any more ground here. Like I'm sick and tired of yeah. Christians. Uh, like, okay, this is not going to be popular opinion, just, but you gotta just say it. <laughs> like Jeff, we cannot have any more prayer meetings about abortion ending in our nation. Mm. We need to have prayer meetings and then we need to go out and start no. actually standing for the things that we say mm -hmm. we believe. Like James is so clear, like you behave and you act and do the things that mm -hmm. you believe. Yep. So if you're not doing something, then you don't really believe it. Mm -hmm. And it's like we have a small window and I believe the window is from May until I think this fall wow. to actually rise up to say something, to take a stand, to actually say like, this is not okay anymore. Mm -hmm. Like there are enough Christians in our nation to flip this thing. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I keep seeing this vision of people moving 
around the country, like really quickly into different places. And it's like these chess pieces moving so rapidly. And though I keep asking God, like, why is this going to happen? And I'm not sure if this is it. I'm still wrestling with it. But I believe that if this Roe v. Wade thing goes down and is actually no longer allowed um, on a federal level and it becomes a statewide decision, I actually am going to say pretty boldly, like, I believe that people will start moving to states then that start standing for life. And we might see a nation that is in a civil war Mm. because of it, because there will be people. I, I, I think that you can't allow evil things to happen and not expect judgment. Yeah. And so, um, we, we, I think we are a nation right now under judgment. And I, I think the reason why the last wave is an opportunity for one nation under God is because we need to decide if it's going to be one nation under God or not. Mm-hmm. And that decision is on us. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I think you nailed it. I think that the time for inaction is done. And I think what I've been noticing, and this is, I'll just speak directly to you, like, you know, our generation and Gen Z, um, because I, I, I have more of a finger on the pulse of, of those generations, um, is that we're so eager to do what you're talking about where we're like, man, let's get, let's go. Like, let's, let's do this. So, so often people say that now they're like, let's go about everything. Um, and, uh, and I think that that is at the heart, like, that's what we're so interested in, is like, man, like, it's just like, because I know I'm, I'm there too. I'm like, can we not like, can we, can, please let's, because I'm already starting to analyze my own life and go like, God, where are the areas that I need to change, that I need to be more active and vocal. Um, and so it's not like I'm without conviction. I'm absolutely right. being convicted all the time. I mean, being in this position, what I'm doing, I can't not be. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I think that really is it. And, you know, really seeking God about what, what that means for you. And for some people it could be starting, uh, honestly, the first step could be, and this sounds trivial to some, but the first step could actually be starting to vocalize your opinions on social media. Right. Um, because I know that that's, uh, that's definitely one for me. That's, that's, you know, convicting where I'm like. You know, like growing up, I was the peacemaker, um, you know, not necessarily a peacekeeper, but a peacemaker. Um, and uh, and so, yeah, I mean, like that's that's an area for me that is definitely like, uh, yeah, like because I have a lot. Of, I mean, you know how it is. There's a lot of people that we have in our lives that we really genuinely care about who we know that if they knew what we really thought, they wouldn't want anything to do with us. And that doesn't change how I feel about them in the midst of that, but that's what it's going to take is us being bold. Um, yeah, definitely. That's a hundred percent it, Jeff. Um, even for my abortion story, the first step God had me do was like share it on a blog. And my blog at that time had like no visitors, no views, but here's what's so crazy. I just shared my testimony on it. Mm -hmm. And this was, I don't know, five years ago or so. And 
it was a really small nothing blog, but I knew I just had to be obedient to God. I shared the blog on Facebook and was like, I just need to share this story that I've never told anyone. I felt like God was telling me to just be honest about mm -hmm. this. And I think you're exactly right. I think the first step is for people just to share what happened, their experiences or their thoughts or their what they believe, what they're advocating for. This is not the time to stay silent. That blog post ended up having 27,000 shares on Facebook in one day. Oh my goodness. And I That's was like what? freaking out. I was obviously freaking out because I'm like, I don't like, I wasn't in any public ministry at the time. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, why is everyone sharing this? And I was like, I did not want this many people like, to see Please this. stop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was like, I don't want to be the abortion girl. Like yeah. it was one yeah. of those things. Um, What's so crazy, Jeff, is my inbox was flooded, flooded, literally so many emails of women that were like, I have the exact same mm. story. Wow. And they're like, I've never told anyone. I have the exact same story. And men, I can't tell you how many men reached out to me and they were like, my girlfriend, this, ha this is what happened to my girlfriend and I haven't been able to tell anyone or this happened to my sister, like, mm -hmm. and she's not a believer. Is there a way that you can have a phone call with her or, and it just created this ripple. Mm -hmm. And honestly, people are like, do you have resources? I'm like, I have nothing. Like I thought no one was yeah. going to read this. <laughs> I was just getting <laughs> some stuff off my chest. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so I, Honestly, Jeff, I would not be surprised if people start taking a stand on social media, start just sharing like their thoughts on it, just actually speaking up and not being afraid of losing followers mm -hmm. um, for these things on behalf of life and the will of God and defending mm -hmm. the unborn. I think that people will be surprised the momentum and the swell we see because you know what? That second wave, it wasn't just a prophetic word. It wasn't just um, a move of God that was going to happen in our nation, but mm. actually it was a wave of revival. There were seven waves of revival. And so I believe that there actually is a massive harvest that is going to come from people defending the life of the unborn. Mm. And so I I'm really... Honestly, I'm interested to see what's going to end up happening with that. Oh, yeah. I mean, me too. And something that I actually hear the Lord saying right now, um, based off of sharing and knowing that it's going to cause separation from people you care about who maybe initially will be like, forget you. I don't want anything to do with you. I, you know, I thought you were, I, I thought you were, you know, you were, you were, uh, you know, whatever. I thought you were cool. And then all of a sudden, now, you know, it's like, whatever, whatever people say. Um, <laughs> is that, and I've seen this even through doing this show, is that the people, it, you're actually doing that kind of stuff and being more vocal, being out there, actually brings other people, like-minded people to you. So yeah, you may lose people um, that you care about, um, yeah. even if it's just for a season, you actually gain so much as a result of it. Like God honors those steps that you take. Um, and uh, Jesse, I'm sure you can attest to that definitely given what you do, so. Oh, 100%. Also, like, I hate to say it, but even if you've lost everyone mm -hmm. and it's just you and God by yourself, 
at least you know that you can live with yourself because you know that I always think about the verse where it's like, after you've done everything, after you've done everything, then stand. And I feel like so many of us need to actually, you know, one of the biggest things in our culture is like to know your truth and speak your truth and all those things. But it's like actually being true to yourself then and being like, these are the things that I believe and I can't allow culture to actually make me diminish who God created me to be. And I believe that there's so many people that they're wanting to see miracles in their life. They're mm-hmm. wanting to increase in prophetic giftings. Mm-hmm. They're wanting to increase in anointings. And I'm telling you, you can read every book you want on anointing, but if you are not living in the way that God has created you to be, if you're not living free, if you're not living delivered, if there's still things in your life that are under the authority of the enemy, then you're just not going to see God use you in the way that he actually wants to use you. So I had to get delivered of that stuff before I ever led beach revivals, tent revivals. God actually had to do all that like deep, painful, awkward (laughs) digging. I lost thousands of followers when I started speaking up on my beliefs. But then that's, I, I believe that God, it's it's that threshing floor of the wheat mm-hmm. and tares. It's that threshing yep. floor where we just want Jesus, even if we're in a cave by ourselves. Yeah. And for anybody who wants that reference, like wheat and the tares, what? Matthew chapter 13, verses 24 through 30. So check it out. Um, yeah. Um, and the reality too, just as we're closing out here, the reality is that those things that we desire, you're reading the word and you're like, Oh man, like my life does not look like greater things than (laughs) these. Will you do? Uh, um, the reality is this, that feeling is never going to go away. If you don't take steps to get uncomfortable, it's uncomfortable. Like it means soul stuff. It means deliverance. It means like inner healing of deep rooted things. You didn't know were there. Like it's uncomfortable. (laughs) That whole part, it's uncomfortable. And it's like, you learn to stay in that place of just like, you know, oh yeah, maybe I was a little too aggressive with the way I said something to so-and-so and and you have to repent, you know, even in the midst of all of that, you know, when like you never thinking, ah, I'm good. I'm never, I, you know, I'm, I'm good now. You know, like you're not like, it's no, it's, like, it's every day. I'm like, yeah. Oh man, I probably shouldn't have done that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, uh, so yeah, it's, it, but it, it, there's actually so much freedom that comes from it. Um, knowing that it's like, this is like, like three, I, I would say it was probably like five years ago, like looking at where I'm at now. I'm like, this is, this was my heart's cry, but it took yeah. me it took me a long time to get to even this place. And it's like, just do it quicker people. Like, just like, <laughs> just like be obedient now. Like if, if it's going and praying for people, like go, just go do it and let it be awkward and let it just figure it out. You'll figure it out. God will help. God will show up, you know? So yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's so but what, true. man, what a heavy word. Um, I know it's uh, intense. Yeah. This is not the like fun party word. <laughs> yeah. So everybody, so you can read it for yourself. I'm going to put a link in the description to her blog, the original post. And yes, it is timestamp for October of 2020. So you can see it 
and you know that it's you know we're starting to see this stuff play out and you can actually track it especially with wave one and the wave two and the thing that i i i was going to ask you but you actually ended up kind of saying it in the vision is is every time a, a wave would go back it would kind of go into the next wave and right. so i was going to ask you if you kind of got an impression that you know these seven things are kind of gonna with each wave we're still gonna see you know on wave six we may still see bits of step one of wheat and the tares like these processes are still going to be going on but it's almost like things just get added to the mix kind of like somebody's juggling one one ball and then they throw in something else and something else and something else and something else you know so yeah yeah i think i think they're they're building blocks um and and yeah it's like I don't know. It's like one can't happen without the other for some yeah. reason. And again, like God figures this all out and knows how it all works. Mm-hmm. But all of it has to do with like the return of Jesus, right? Yeah. Like he's coming back for his bride mm-hmm. and he's going to purify his bride. And there are ways of the Lord that we don't really get to decide or right. really even make sense of. Mm-hmm. Um, but we can listen and that's why I'm so thankful for, um, Elijah list, Elijah fire, people like Sid, um, because we really do need to be paying attention to what the prophets are saying Mm -hmm. now more than ever. Mm -hmm. And we need to know like, what is God saying more than what culture is saying? Because we need to get in line with what God's doing because it's so weird, Jeff, but it's happening. Everything's happening way faster oh, yeah. than ever before. Like I'm a revival history fan and like things took so long for them to play out. Yeah. Where we're just like on an acceleration train of things where it's I'm nuts. like, it's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. And so I'm like, pay attention to what mm-hmm. is happening. Like, don't allow yourself to be deceived. Like, I don't even li- honestly, my husband gives me like just snippets of what's happening in the news because I can't even be inundated with it because I have to be paying attention to just what God's saying and what are trusted prophets saying mm-hmm. so that I can be responding and not reacting. Mm-hmm. And it's the times we're in, like we're about to see one of the greatest harvests in America's history. We're already seeing it. We just baptized 352 people this Come month. On. And we're seeing so much deliverance, so much healing. We just threw up a tent like last minute, three weeks ago to do these meetings because it's like, there's so much harvest, but in the midst of that, there's so much craziness. And Mm -hmm. so I just need people like, if you're watching this, like everything that's crazy, that feels crazy. Like it's not just you. Everyone's feeling this too because we are in the things that people like Bob Jones and William Seymour and so many others prophesied about. And so just don't miss the era that we're living in by Mm -hmm. just being distracted or numbed out or apathetic. Like it's Mm -hmm. really important to engage in what God's doing right now. Yeah. And for those that don't know the prophecy she's referring to is the billion soul harvest. I mean, we're talking like a massive, massive harvest of people coming into the kingdom of God. Um, so that's what she's referring to for those that are yes. like, huh? <laughs> Who, who's, who's Bob Jones? Yeah, what? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I mean, Google it. Google it. Yeah. Google it. Billion Soul Harvest. You're welcome. Go. Yeah. There you go. So, Jesse, um, can you pray for the people before we close out? 
Yeah, Holy Spirit, I thank you so much that you give us, every single one of us, whether we're brand new believers um, or we've been believers our whole lives, you give us access to God that we don't have to be thrown about and confused. Um, I break off confusion right now over every single person that's listening and watching. I just bind that thing right now in the name of Jesus. I pray for clarity of mind, insight, and vision. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you give every person that's listening and watching the ability to know your will and know your way that we would feel your spirit going behind us telling us which way to go and i pray that you would start to actually ignite every single person with power that we would be bold we'd be courageous i actually feel like right now there's an anointing for courage that those that feel like they're afraid to speak um, if there's actually warfare against your voice, against your throat, against um, your mind, I pray right now that you would experience right now power, that you would feel literally the fire of God burning inside of you. And you would know it'd be one of those things of like, gosh, like if I don't get this out, I feel like I'm going to explode. And so I just pray right now that there would be this passionate burning within you that would just be let out right now in the name of Jesus. And I believe that many of you are going to start to see acceleration when it comes to miracles, acceleration when it comes to harvest, that you're not going to tell other people's stories anymore, but God's going to start giving you personally supernatural stories of how he's using you in the days right now. So we release you to be bold and full of courage and full of fire right now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Jesse Green, how can people follow you? Um, so you can visit thegreens.co or you go to saturateglobal.com. And then I'm also on Instagram, which is at jesse, J-S-S-I dot green. Um, and then we do revival meetings every Friday so you can come and I, I love like getting in the midst of craziness. So if you come, if you need prayer, if you want deliverance, if you need healing, like I am always down to pray for people, to baptize them. Um, like you could just tap on my shoulder and we would love to just pray for you and get you going into the things that God has for you. So you can come see us anytime in Wilmington as well. And they can go to your Saturate Global website to to find out more information about how to help out at events too, right? Yeah, we always yeah. need volunteers. Um, and we do evangelism every Thursday night out on the streets. Um, and we've been seeing homeless people and witches and regular people <laughs> um, get getting saved. And so if you want to learn how to do that, we'd love to take you out on a Thursday night. And then, yeah, if they go to saturateglobal.com, we have events going on. And just, I, I'm really big about people getting their hands dirty and actually mm -hmm. getting to see healing happen through their own hands mm -hmm. and deliverance happen through their own hands. Um, so we love kind of bringing people in and just taking them with us. So yeah. yeah, we'd love for you to come be a part of that. That's great. And then you also have a book. Yes. Yeah, I actually have it in front of me because I had to reference the seven waves. So. This is my book. 
wildfires. Look at that cover. That's sweet. Yeah, it's so yeah. fun. And um, I actually wrote it in only two months um, because it was just like the whole thing yeah. just came down. And um, I wrote it in the middle of massive harvest in California, the, just the first wave of that revival. Um, and I wrote it mostly because I couldn't find a revival history book about just like the reality of what happens when you're in revival and the ups and downs and the craziness and the witchcraft and the snares and the acceleration and the favor and how that all works. So um, I just wrote down what I was experiencing and it's a little bit like, some people are like, this is like very gritty, but I try to keep things real. <laughs> yeah, amen, amen. Well, Jesse, thank you so much. This was great. This is yeah, really great. Thank you, Jeff. Yeah, everybody share this far and wide. Uh, and then pray and ask God how you're supposed to be bold, what ways you're supposed to be bold, and then go do it. So have a great weekend, you guys. We love you. God bless. This has been Elijah Fire. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can check out the Elijah Fire podcast on ElijahFire.com, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us live every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Twitch, and Facebook. Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Click the link in the description for more info on how you can donate today.